0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Tomboy X. We love Tomboy X, you love Tomboy X, and fall is just around the corner. So why not get yourself some new fall underwear? Tomboy X has lots of styles, cuts,
0: colors, and prints, from bikinis to boxer briefs to trunks, as well as super comfy bras, and all options come in extra small to 4X. Whatever kind of underwear you want,
1: Tomboy X has got your butt covered. The materials they use to make underwear are all eco-friendly. From the quick-dry, moisture-wicking fabrics of their activewear line to the super-soft, micromodal fabric in the neutrals line. We also love that Tomboy X works with women-owned factories and makes sure that everything they make is ethically produced. We stand a comfy, cute, ethical undie. This is a new code, so listen up. Go to TomboyX.com
0: saf 2018 and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. She's All Fat listeners get an extra 15% off with code SAF2018. Again, code SAF2018 for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. TomboyX.com slash SAF2018.
1: The most important takeaway for me is just like, you can't be willing to sacrifice other people for your like representation.
0: Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat. The podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week we'll discuss vintage teas, tattoos, and the Netflix movie Sierra Burgess is a loser. April. What are you obsessed with? Okay. This let me
1: finish the I thought line! You were <laughs> are you obsessed with? this week <laughs> hurry up so i can tell you hurry up <laughs> okay. Dare you? i'm so obsessed i can't even wait tell for the me. sentence to end okay the first thing i'm obsessed with is the bobby brown story okay. on bet <laughs> okay so this is a point of contention in the group chat earlier yes. this week for the record and i will speak for all black people okay <laughs> We all watched this last weekend. Wow. So what it is, is, so last summer.
0: Can I explain without, like, very anonymously what that was? Mm -hmm. So in our our group chat, that's. Me, April, hashtag, sorry, Lindsay, and um, hashtag Nina, Nina wants a dog because she really wants a French bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of us, like, overheard some, like, dumb Hollywood exec saying, like, all the black women in America watch the Bobby Brown story this weekend. And me and Lindsay were like, wow, that's so racist. And then April was like, unfortunately, we did all watch. And we were like, oh, well, still racist of <laughs> them, too.
1: Assume. Assume. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> it's just true. Okay. So for backstory, uh, last summer, BT did, like, a three-part dramatization of the new edition story. Do you know – tell me how much you know about this. Do you know who New Edition is?
0: Um, I, They're a band. They okay. were a boy band,
1: right? Boy band, boy right? band yeah. yeah. And, like, the – like 80s, yeah. And then um, Bobby Brown was one of them. He was a star. Who's a Beyonce of okay. New Edition. So they did a movie about them last summer that was just like nuts. Like it was just like so much drama, and all every young black actor was in it. But it was like amazing to watch because New Edition is like my mom's era. Like that was her in sync. But like I knew a lot about them because they were always playing. So it was cool to see. So then this this weekend it was like it's like a companion piece. So Bobby Brown obviously is a character in the New Edition movie, but now he gets his own movie that's like within the same timeline. They're like expanding the universe okay. so it's like they fit into no, the same timeline I mean,
0: not only you know I know nothing about music okay. and I also don't know anything about music that's not coming out right now <laughs> right. I'm just like not educated about anything but the only thing the like most familiar thing to me of Bobby Brown is just my Rudolph as witnessing <laughs> Bobby Brown wow I
1: got no love for Bobby B <laughs> is he here Bobby B Bunny <laughs> Billy Ray Bobby B? <laughs> Baby B? Bobby Ray? <laughs> Baby B? So good,
0: but also I have a general, I have a general like sense that he's bad.
1: Exactly, which a lot of people do. Wasn't which he is bad? Why... To,
0: wasn't he abusive to Whitney? Well, here's the thing. Or
1: here's the thing. Like the this movie is interesting because he does have that reputation of being like a lot of people assume he's the one that introduced Whitney to drugs, and he's the one who kind of like took her downhill, and he's had a bad reputation for years. He produced this movie and was like involved and like on set for every day, so people kind of. Assume that he was going to have like a slant to it but it was interesting because in the movie it's not like he doesn't own up to those things first of all he did not introduce whitney to drugs she introduced him to drugs like her whole family has backed that up Uh. but um he definitely owns up to like their relationship is very codependent and very like Unhealthy, and they had a not a great environment for their child, and he like fesses up to all that stuff. Like he doesn't hide any of that in the movie, but he also shows like how he was able to make a conscious decision to be different. And so the movie is cool because it's like I never see men in their art like own up to their shit and he wow. definitely does um but also it's like you know is there a narrative to it like no it's just kind of like a series of vignettes of like bobby brown's life oh my god and a lot of like dance sequences like many <laughs> like too many i would say <laughs> but like it was really interesting it's like four hours a dance sequence. it's a lot of them like every hit he ever had they were like we're gonna show the whole the Amazing. full performance of it. <laughs> okay. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like so funny and it was so cool to learn more about like behind the scenes stuff. And there are also some things in there that like may or may not be just like blatant lies, but like we're entertaining. <laughs> we're fun. Um, okay. So I'm obsessed with that. My other little obsession is the girl that everyone's talking about on the internet, Life with Mac. You've heard about Life with Mac, right? No. Or if you haven't heard about her, you've seen her. She became a meme. She's like, 12 years old like a preteen she has red hair and she does like asmr videos so she got the the eating one the eating one like she got famous for the honeycomb one where she's like eating a honeycomb really weirdly yes she's so funny and really sweet and she did a video recently that was like it's asmr but as a rude flight attendant so she's like where's your seat loser (laughs) and it's like so funny <laughs> linking in the show notes I just like appreciate life does with does she do this by herself her mom helps her she did a long Q&A video and talked about it Amazing. and like her mom bought her the equipment and her one honeycomb video went viral but she had already been doing it for like a year and it's just like she just likes to have fun she likes to give back I've seen a lot of fun gifts of her she's very expressive she is She's and she's very 12 like she talks about like being excited for her first kiss <laughs> very cute I love
0: that
1: love life with Max. so those are my obsessions so what are you obsessed with?
0: This week, I decided to deal with the fact that Victor is gone um, for two months by uh, emotionally spending. Mm-hmm. So I bought some new skincare and I will post about it on my Instagram. How do I get people to sponsor me? I definitely have enough followers to be a micro-influencer now. All I want is free skincare. How do I get it? As someone who's a publicity person who listens to this, please at me and tell me what I need to do to get free shit. I'll <laughs> post about it. I don't give a shit. Anyways, I got, um, I decided that in addition to my bisexual vibe of like boxy striped shirts with, um, high-waisted denim shorts, I'm going to add vintage tees to denim shorts for my, for my vibe. So I went to this vintage slash, it's not really a farmer's market, but there's like food trucks there and stuff thing that happens on Sunday, um, with our friend, friend of the pod. Laura Reeve Parcell, and um, I got a bunch of vintage tees there at this place called Melrose Trading Post. I'm very into them. I got one that's Minnie and Mickey and workout clothes. Tell them what happened to that one. <laughs> uh, I got um, carrots on it because mm-hmm. I was cutting them up to give to Franklin, the tortoise, in the backyard. And then I had to go out and cut them smaller because he was going to choke on them.
1: The official tortoise of the pot.
0: <sighs> so then I had to change to this new one that's like... A pink green colorway vintage shirt
1: that says Las Vegas on it. It's good. It's like somebody on the show Glow would be wearing that to work out. Thank you. It's Very cute.
0: I've I always have trouble finding vintage clothes. I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate because if you go to any like well curated vintage shop, then it's all like size ten and smaller. Mm-hmm. I've never found a good as good of a Savers or Goodwill as the one that was like up by Stanford and in, in Palo Alto because it was like a mix of old rally gear from college students and like rich Palo Alto people gave all their old shit there. And it was just mm. like so much, so much, so much good stuff. Um, so you can go to like a Goodwill and really dig through everything, but you have to look through the men's section to get like big enough shirts. Anyways, that's one of the reason I paid like a little bit extra for all these at this place because there were like enough plus size, meaning like men's shirts basically that I didn't feel bad about it. Mm. <laughs> like I didn't have to be like, well, here's the only one. You know what I mean? You had
1: options. Yeah, that's never the case. Yeah.
0: So if anyone else is in L.A. and you want some, like, fun vintage tees then go to Melrose Trading Post. Everything is overpriced there, but, like, we had a a fun time. It's, like, nicely curated,
1: but, yeah, it is overpriced. Yeah,
0: but it's still fun. That's his life. Okay, so my second obsession is that I have been, like, trying to develop a new routine with, like, going to bed and getting up in the morning. And so one thing that I've added to my routine this week is a little – I don't know what you call it, an extension or, like, an add-on. We have, like, the Amazon – Alexa's in our house. I know we're giving them all of our information. It's too late for us. (laughs) Alex Laughlin is a friend of the pod and she created this extension thing called Wake Me Up Gently. And you can add a routine to it. So I basically made it so that it's like an alarm and then every day it wakes me up by like playing whatever thing is put in from Wake Me Up Gently. So it's like a small meditation to like tell you to stretch and Feel grateful about something, and then a reading, a short reading from whatever is like inspiring her from her notebook. Cool. And it's just very like a nice way to wake up your body and your mind. I've been enjoying it. It's like less jarring than just either an alarm or like music or something. It can be hard for me to just get right out of bed, and mm-hmm. so this is helping easing, helping me ease out of bed. So that link is in the show notes, and also a link to her Twitter profile. We like you, Alex. You're Alex, cool. is really funny, also. Yeah, shouts to Alex. Okay, let's move on to our Apple Podcast review shout-outs. Thank you so much to these people for writing us a beautiful little review on Apple Podcasts. We do look at those reviews and feel better about ourselves when we're still not on new and noteworthy. (laughs) But um, you know, one day someone who works at the iTunes store or whatever will, will be a listener to the pod and then and then we'll get our just desserts um so thank you so much to the following people who are attached to these usernames molly si 19 crash lynn 24 giver of thy advice sarah Doss, music craze 92 and chup penelope
1: amazing thank you to all of you and now we're shouting out our patrons these are people who have become a patron at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod they keep the lights on they warm my heart etc our first shout out goes to Marion dupas becca walensky heather albright jenny combs hannah clark and Haley nelson thank y'all so so much For supporting us. I appreciate you. We literally couldn't do this without you. Like, literally. So, thank you. And let's move on to our tip jar. So, our tip jar is tips from our listeners back to you about what's going on. Let's start with Fat Venture. Magazine. Fat Venture Magazine, or Fat Venture Mag, is a printed and digital magazine focusing on active lifestyle beyond the boundaries of weight loss culture. We're shining the spotlight on work by fat identified women and non binary writers and artists who love spending time outdoors, communing with nature, being active, no matter what fitness culture has to say about it. Fat Venture Mag was co founded by Alice Lesperance and Samantha Puck, two fat lesbians who wanted to create a space where fat folks could talk about their experiences. in the active slash fitness community without being devalued for their size, ability, or motivation. I always hear people talking about Fat Venture Mag on Twitter, and we're going to link to them in our show notes this week. It seems cool. seems very cool. I'm always excited when fat people make more media and more art, and so I'm excited to spotlight them this week.
0: That's awesome. We should check them out and like order some. Sure. Let's
1: do it. I know they have two issues out so far, so check those out.
0: That's amazing. Honestly, media is such a rough landscape right now. Yep. Half my Twitter feed is always like, um, this place just folded, so I'm looking for a job. <laughs> Literally. Like, Jesus
1: Christ. And even if you do have something consistent, it's hard to like make anything. Like yeah. Outputting content, as we know over here at SAF, is really hard. It's hard. So shout out to these two. We feel you, and we support you. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> In season three of She's All Fat, we are talking a lot about intersections of fat and and other experiences that we don't personally have. One upcoming episode is going to be about the intersection of being fat and non-binary, and we would love to have your voice memos or emails, but really voice memos, if you identify with that intersection. So please um, use the instructions that we put in every app. There's also instructions on our Instagram page. Record a a voice memo on your phone and send it to us at fyi.shesallfatpod.com if you are fat and non-binary and want to tell us about your experience. Um, We also always want to give a shout out to some tips in our Facebook group. Um, If you are a patron at team Paisley Moo Moo and above, then you are in the Facebook group, which is an amazing community where people share tips and tell stories and share selfies. And it's a fun place. So this week, people are talking about eye cream recommendations, allyship success stories, and dealing with friends who are still dieting. Um, we also wanted to mention that if you join that Patreon at team, I love bread and above, then you get an extra audio segment just for you every week. All patrons get access to a special feed that has like all the outtakes of the week, basically, which ends up being several minutes of extra content. Cause we have a great editor who <laughs> makes us sound reasonable on here. Um, but for team, I Love bread, we're doing a whole extra segment. So check that out.
1: Okay. We should really get to the meat of it, don't you think?
0: Let's do it. The
1: The meat meat of it. it. So this week on The Meat of It, we're talking about the movie Sierra Burgess is a loser. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell from my tone, (laughs) but I'm pissed.
0: (sighs) Let's start from the beginning, shall we? Let's start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. So... We um, were initially, I, I don't know that I would say excited because I still, I, this movie is based on like Cyrano de Bergerac, which is like already a kind of a problematic, <laughs> not body pause play no. at all. And I already feel like there's too many remakes or like, what's the word that's not a remake, but like.
1: Like adaptation? Yeah. yeah. I already feel like there's too many adaptations of it. There's um, so many, especially with teen movies. I don't know why they always come back to this. teens
0: can't communicate. Ugh. But. <laughs> But I just was like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. But I think a lot of people were like really excited
1: for it because the trailer wasn't absolute trash. No, not at all. The, honestly, I felt a little bit duped by the trailer. I remember feeling a little bit excited because, number one, I like the actress who plays Barb from Stranger Things and I wanted yeah. to see her star in Shannon something. Shannon Purser. Shannon, and I got excited about that. And my boyfriend Peter Kavinsky's in it. And Especially I was because Shannon
0: Purser does not get any good
1: action on Riverdale. They have her in there for like two seconds every season. And she is still dead on Stranger Things. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so I was excited to see that and I thought it would be cool and I was wrong. I was wrong. And I remember when the trailer dropped that I saw other people on Twitter, like it was so sad as if we're like have PTSD. We're like hopeful, but don't want to get hurt again. Yeah, so don't literally. know <laughs> if we're like willing to open our heart to this. Okay. So here is the plot in case you, you avoided the button on Netflix telling you to click on it this weekend. Um, here's a plot of the movie. A case of mistaken identity leads to an unexpected romance when a teen joins forces with a popular student to win the heart of her high school crush. Um, And here's a clip from the trailer.
0: So you want to go to Stanford? Yes, I almost got a perfect score on my SATs. You're a good student, but Sierra, what's your step? Excuse
1: me? Sierra Burgess is... Funny. (laughs) Kid Wonder. True idols.
0: Are a magnificent beast. Can you I feel sometimes like yeah. you're the one teenager who doesn't obsess over looks. Oh, Upside you. I wonder what life is like for each Live it, Frodo. Veronica. Frodo is from Lord of the Rings. You're thinking of Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame? I meant looking at you makes me want to gouge my eyes out. I met a guy. We texted. He definitely thinks that I'm someone else.
1: It's called catfishing, and I'm pretty sure it's illegal. <laughs>
0: You need to tell him the truth? They're my words. He's falling for me. I know you've been failing all your classes. So? So I think we can help each other. But I do need a favor. Are you sure this is going to work? No. Oh, my God. Good answer. Hey. Hey. So how was your day? Uh,
1: You know what? The audio's not synced to the video like at all.
0: Maybe we should try again another time? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can't believe it actually worked. <laughs>
1: Hey, people, Sophie is about to summarize the entire movie um, for those of you who haven't seen it and want to understand it a bit better. So if you already saw it or you don't care to hear the summary, just skip to the 23 minute mark. Thanks. Okay, so
0: the main plot of the movie, I would say spoilers ahead, um, just for ease of
1: discussion.
0: Sarah Burgess is a size 10 teen, She's, like, maybe a 12. Maybe
1: she's a 12. I don't know.
0: Um, Size 12 teen, like, who has clearly rich parents. She's an only child. She's white. She's able-bodied. She goes to high school. She has a best friend who is black. Not sure what his sexuality is. There's, like, weird intimations that he's gay, but then he shows up at the end at homecoming with a girl. So, like, who knows? We don't spend enough time with him because he doesn't have a function except to, like, look sassily at Sierra. <laughs> and
1: be like, I don't know about that girl. Yeah, Like, basically. what's his name, anyway?
0: Um, and then there's a cute guy who is played by Noah Centineo, who goes up to the most popular girl in school. Veronica, who has previously been shown being mean to Sierra, gives her number, gives Sierra's number to this cute guy, Noah Centineo, whose character's name is Jamie. No last name. Um, when he asks for her number, um, because as she says, losers hang with losers, and Jamie's friends are like not cool. So because of that, Jamie texts Sierra, thinking he's texting Veronica. They text back and forth. They like each other and talk on the phone. Um, and then when he asks to FaceTime, Sierra um, gets Veronica to help her. Um, prote- continue to like keep up this ruse that Jamie is texting Veronica by promising to help Veronica win over this guy who she likes, who is like a college freshman and like an asshole. Um, so it's kind of like a double Cyrano plot. Cyrano de Bergerac, if you don't know, is like this older French play where a guy with a huge nose, which is like so big that he never could find love, like writes love letters for a handsome man to give to a beautiful woman. And then at the end, like it's revealed that it's him and they fall in love, whatever. So, Veronica is being tutored by Sierra on how to talk to a college kid because she's smart or whatever. And then Sierra is having Veronica like FaceTime with Jamie to keep up this ruse. Veronica and Sierra go to a party together. At the party, Veronica hooks up in a car with this guy she's been trying to win and he takes a picture of it and then dumps her. And then at the end, um, at a football game, Jamie shows up, tries to talk to Veronica. Um, who he thinks he's been talking to, remember, and he kisses her again because he thinks that's the person he's been talking to. Um, Sierra sees the kiss, gets unreasonably mad at Veronica, hacks into her Instagram somehow, and posts the photo that the guy Veronica was trying to hook up with took of them. Um, And then everyone finds out White, how Sierra has been lying to everyone, basically, and being shitty. Um, and then Sierra writes a song about how she's a sunflower, not a rose, and never actually says sorry. And then Jamie shows up on homecoming night and is like, you're still ugly and you <laughs> lied, but I
1: guess he says, I like you. You're not everyone's type, Yeah, but you're exactly my type.
0: Other important things to note, um, uh, Jamie's younger brother is deaf and played by an actually deaf actor, there's a scene that's supposed to be played for laughs where Sierra goes over to him um, and decides not to talk because he would pick out who she was from her voice, so she pretends to be deaf and just makes hand motions pretending like she's deaf, and then it's supposed to be like, "Uh uh-oh, but the younger brother's actually deaf. It was, like, extremely offensive, (laughs) like, not appropriate. And also, we go to Veronica's house, Veronica's mom was played by Chrissy Metz, who. Basically, it's just like this terrible abusive mom who is fat and like tells Veronica all the time, like, you don't want to be fat. You don't want to be fat. Don't eat that. You'll be fat. Like calls her dumb and stuff. And then that's not really explored further. It's just left as like the reason we're supposed to understand Veronica's mean. I think that's like pretty much the plot.
1: Okay. So now that we have our summary, I wanted to talk about how people have digested this movie since it came out this weekend. So I found a pretty good sampling of reactions from the place where we communicate in 2018, which is Twitter. So I'm going to read a couple tweets. Okay. Okay. Just FYI, if you're watching Sierra Burgess is a loser, it's repeatedly low key, less phobic, and there's a boring gross trans joke early on too. I'm so sorry, but I can't deal with Sierra Burgess as a loser. There were so many fundamental issues with it that I can't get over. But my main issue is using trans people and lesbians as the butt of the joke. Other people like list the different triggering jokes that there might be so people can like prepare themselves if they do still want to watch it. Um, and people just list the different ways that it was so offensive. So I either saw those takes, which were, was also my reaction which was just like, this is so offensive in all these ways that I didn't anticipate cuz how odd. Yeah. Or I see this take. So I know that people have been offended by some of the scenes and I understand that. But for me, this movie is genuine. This movie genuinely got to me. When I was in school, I felt ugly, invisible, and unloved, and I tried so hard to make boys notice me. I always felt like I didn't matter. And seeing how Sierra felt and that she would do anything just to feel loved really got to me. So there were more of the the former, but I definitely saw either those two reactions. Yeah. Um and I definitely think like as far as examining this through a fat lens, the most important takeaway for me is just like you can't be willing to sacrifice other people for your like representation.
0: Well, not only that, but if you actually look at the fat representation in the film, Chrissy Metz's character is terrible. She's actually fat. Sarah is not... not, That actress is really not fat. She's like chubby. So like if you're willing to... Throw a, a, a fatter person under the bus for your thin fat representation,
1: then fuck you. And because if you're listening to this episode, our previous episode is the super fat episode. It is so, so important, especially in body positive communities, to not ignore the more marginalized for yeah. things that make you feel seen. Like, it, you know, if you feel understood by that, I definitely understand seeing yourself in a character like this, but it's not worth it <laughs> for the number of communities that feel so. Attacked by this film. I mean, that's
0: why we constantly say your your feminism has to be intersectional, or it doesn't mean anything. If you're willing to throw other
1: people under the bus, then what the fuck are you doing arguing for yourself? Because if all you care about is that there are more chubby girls on screen, and that's the end, then you're not doing it right. And by the way, that means that
0: you are ignoring all the other things, like she's white and able-bodied and they're, and straight, and so all those other parts that people make jokes about are also intersections that other fat people
1: have. So it means that you're willing to like throw other kinds of fat people. People under the bus, you know, so I actually think for that reason that this movie is a really helpful text in examining your intersectionality because if you were able to like block out all of those other things that were so blatant to other people to see what you wanted to see from it, then you need to expand your yeah, politics it's honestly, a little bit. It's
0: just like I'm not a purity politics kind of person at all, but I just think that it's like so dangerous for people to forgive hurt that's not being inflicted on them. Like (laughs) I feel like I have the right, if somebody says something that's kind of shitty towards fat people, I have the right to decide if I want to still watch that movie or not because I'm fat. Mm -hmm. I don't have the right to say, well, yeah, this movie is super mean to trans people, but like, I feel really good about this other part. So I don't care about that. That's not my place to say that. It's my place to be an
1: ally and say 0% of this is okay with me. Like, I honestly truly believe it's a very radical statement, but I stand by it that, like, no one's free unless everyone's free. Yeah. And you don't get to come first. That's like the opposite of caring about people's marginalization. And, and it won't trickle down, by the way.
0: No, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, well, it had problems, but like, I felt really seen by this part of it. And what you're saying by that is, like, I don't care that it hurts other people. I want to feel good about this for me. That's what you're saying. So, like, if you're comfortable saying that, Go ahead and say it. Like, but I think we can ask for better for ourselves and for other people. I also just think, like, if you felt really represented by this movie, then, like, think through the media a little bit better because her character does not hold through as a character through the whole movie. She's only self confident through the first 10 minutes. The first act does not set her up as needing a man at all. And then by the end of the movie, she's, like, screaming at her mom about how, like, the world is so unfair to her. So it's like, That wasn't set up at all, you know? Like, what part are you relating to, you know? Like, she's not a consistent character.
1: And there are other fat characters, by the way, if you feel like it's so scarce. There are other fat characters that exist. Go back and listen to our fatty film schools from previous seasons that- are more three dimensional than this, like and aside from the character being so offensive, it's also like she doesn't really have a personality. we don't really know like what she's interested in, what she's good at, what she loves. She just complains a lot about stuff that is completely her fault, and yeah. that's not that desirable as a character. um so in an effort for intersectionality i wanted to look closely at some of the like glaring issues of this movie yeah um number one being the consent issue so she not only kisses um jamie without his consent because he doesn't know who she freaking is but also like he's she's catfishing him the entire movie and like culturally i thought we're all on the same page (laughs) No, we're not doing catfish anymore we're not the show catfish isn't even on the air anymore because it's like they already they've made it clear (laughs) we're not doing that and so i'm not sure why a movie in 2018 would like really make this okay there's like one brief beat where she talks to her like magical negro black friend about whether or not it's okay and he says it's not and she like fully ignores him yeah um also sophie laid out earlier there's this issue of like not porn but like revenge photography yeah. this like beat with veronica where so she gets mad that that veronica had kissed jamie even though veronica later in the movie is like i'm supposed to kiss jamie you said i had to pretend to be you so she gets mad and posts that photo of her behind her back the, the movie does not let her get away with that that's kind of like the only thing that she's like held accountable for but she doesn't apologize one size fits all seemed like
0: a good idea for clothes
1: nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt to veronica at all like this character really is not interested in like taking accountability for her actions so once again like not a good role model like not someone to see yourself in
0: veronica also doesn't apologize to her for being mean to her just all of a sudden they're like best friends
1: veronica lets Sierra come over and see that her mom is, like, phobic, and mean and only cares about her little sisters or whatever. And it's kind of like they have an understanding. And there could have been, like, several scenes yeah. <laughs> in the middle there. So it was like the writing wasn't tight, <laughs> aside yeah. from everything else. A um, couple other things, like, so we talked about earlier the unchecked privilege in this movie. Like, so we're going to insert a clip here. Sierra, honey, what's wrong? You know, it's, it's easy for you to spout your self-esteem BS. But look at me. Do you have any idea what it's like to be a teenage girl and to look like
0: this? Of course not. Because you're tiny. You're tiny and you're beautiful. And you've always been beautiful. And this is why you stuck
1: me with. I was flabbergasted. Yeah. I couldn't believe. And it but it does remind me of like how I see people talking about their own experiences online where they're just like, "You don't understand what it's like to be a size 8 and have your whole family be thin." And I'm like, "I know that that is difficult, but also like you got to get a grip and not talk about your experiences as if that's the most marginalized experience out there because it's not true." Jeez. And it's also a selfish way to talk about your own yes. life. Like you and nobody's saying your own experiences aren't valid it's just you've got to find a way to talk about it in a way that's not so centering that you ignore every other experience yeah. which sierra really does like sierra is a really like a basic white feminist in this movie like she's gotta challenge herself further yeah. other things that piss me off she faced a disability which so talked about earlier i'm linking in the show notes so this um hot ass model if anyone remembers the antm season where they let male models on yeah so um niall want a season, I think. He is deaf and he's the sexiest person on the planet. And he talks about how he knows that actor that played the deaf child, Jamie's little brother in the movie and how like heartbreaking it was because he found out that the kid was going to be in the movie. He got so excited about representation. And then he was so offended that like not only did they use this kid as a weird punchline to like make fun of the disability, but also at the other like inflammatory aspects of this movie. So even he was able to like acknowledge that it's not, it's not like one step forward for my community and it's not one step forward for any other communities. Yeah, I think, Mm -hmm. um, he laid it out really well and again he is really hot but it was interesting (laughs) to hear about somebody from that side of it where he had been so excited like imagine finding out that your friend who was like from the same marginalized community as you is going to be in this movie and then you see it and it's like they're mocking him yeah it's like that's so hurtful you have to be comfortable looking in the eyes of
0: someone who this affects and saying i don't care about what it says to you that i still like this movie would you do that you think you could make those arguments to someone then go ahead (laughs) <laughs> like honestly but like that's what would not think.
1: advise because it's <sighs> ignorant to be honest yeah. <laughs> like don't do that um, the final thing in the movie that but raised my eyebrows the whole time we we're watching it at my house and like screaming at my television <laughs> was just like the blatant transphobia in the movie yes. and it happens i thought it would have happened like one one-off it's like at least it's six repeatedly. different times where like people say she has man hands people call her dude people assume she's a lesbian she just has a joke at the end where she's like why does everyone think i'm a lesbian and she says that like it's the worst thing on the planet yeah and by the way like keeping it funky when i was 16 i had a phase where everybody assumed i was a lesbian and i also had the same reaction so like do i see myself in an aspect of the character yes is that a good thing no but also like the what that is <laughs> is a frustration with the way the
0: heteronormative world will desexualize fat bodies and say like you you know you can't be attractive to me in this way or like you you know whatever and mm-hmm. it's also a homophobic way of saying that like all lesbians are butch or yeah. mannish or something and it's also like it's also saying like all trans women are actually men basically yeah exactly. is what that joke is. So it's just like a way of really conflating the idea, like the ideas that justice and like respectability have to come with sexual attractiveness and like gender normativity. That's obviously bullshit. Uh. Because that is like a... That's a valid experience. Happens, and that would sure. be
1: interesting to see like a movie like this cover is a desexualization of like young fat bodies. Um, so the interesting part about this part of the movie is that there was a trans person on Twitter talking about it, and the writer of the movie DM'd them. It's what? so messy. What? I know, I couldn't wait to tell you about this. Oh my okay, god. Okay, so the the writer is a young woman named Lindsay Beer. She's um You know, going through it because people don't like her movie. And so this is her chain with somebody who was talking about this aspect of the movie. So this is the writer talking. Okay. Hi, I saw your messages. I'm so sorry that the line in the movie upset you. It was not supposed to at all be a joke at the expense of the trans community. The line was supposed to vilify the mean girl and be the opposite the example of something only a horrendous human would think or say. I feel so god awful that I have ruined your day. Please know that you are valued and lovable and perfect as you are, and only someone is dumb. And heartless as the mean girl I depicted would ever say something at your expense. Hope the rest of your day is better. So I thought this was really important to talk about because a lot of people do this. Like they're like, yeah. well, I have the villain in the movie saying it, so that's to show that that's bad. But it's just kind of like people think that that is a way to talk about it. But I'm like, okay, if we all understood that transphobia is bad, that would be different. But this is not the society we live in. Yeah. And people are not viewing it as that. They're just viewing it as like, okay, that's an acceptable opinion to have. Or,
0: or just that's a mean thing to say say to compare a woman to a trans woman. Yes. The, the thing people took away from that joke was not, it's really rude to uh, misgender a trans woman. And so only a mean person would would do that. Mm-hmm. The thing they're taking away is being a trans woman is bad.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's mean to say someone is <laughs> trans, trans when they're not. It's just complaining a lot of things. If the only thing you needed was a girl to be mean, and just say like, oh, your shirt's ugly. It does not have to be this serious. So the person that the writer was talking to responded really thoughtfully. So this is what the person responded to and said. So here's the thing. You didn't do it just once. You know how many times a day I hear that nonsense. I'm a writer. I get the narrative effect of the jokes. But couldn't you think of something else? Trans teenagers have the highest rate of suicide. They can't even use the right bathrooms in their schools. They are aware that the world hates them. We're aware. To use the most vulnerable group of teens as a punchline is inexcusable. We were also excited for this movie. We were excited to see Noah and Shannon and see an uplifting love story and forget for two hours that the world hates us, but you couldn't even. Let us have one hour and 45 minutes. So then this is Lindsay's final response. Look, I put a lot of my own experience into this movie. People calling me trans or lesbian is something I've experienced a lot. So while it may just seem like lazy writing, it came from personal experience. I should have thought about how it might make someone such as yourself feel, and for that, I am deeply sorry. As I said, I can't say it more empathetically or enough.
0: Okay, so your experience was that you were hurt as a cis person because someone was calling you trans. Okay, the surface level of that is I'm being called something, I'm not, someone's not seeing me for who I am. The real insult of that is it's bad to be trans. I don't know why she can't see that. The insult is not to you there,
1: it's no. to trans people. She's still holding on to that. She's like, I know pain because I was called trans once. Like, what the Talking fuck? to a trans person. <laughs> Jesus. It's very disrespectful. Ugh. But it's also very common. I see people defending so stuff common. like that all the time, and it's just like you really gotta think about what you look like. I
0: mean, it's just exactly like don't call me fat, I'm beautiful. Beautiful. literally like if somebody says like you look like a man or like something something you look trans and you're just like there's nothing wrong with trans people that's what takes it out of it. That's then they what takes to, the wind out of the sails.
1: Exactly. Then they have to sit there and think about what they meant just now. Yeah. So as a wrap-up, because we know this is not good for the fans, Yeah. so we're not going to go over it, I wanted us to talk about what would our fixes be? We're both creative. We're both writers. We're both critical thinkers. Yeah. What And we don't have to fix the whole movie. The whole movie's a mess. <laughs> but what element of the movie do you think you could fix with your creative mind so the thing that bothered me one of the many loose ends is that like sophie talked about earlier she talks to her guidance counselor who was like very unnecessarily rude to her about how she wants to go to college and she doesn't know she's not
0: wrong though no
1: she's not wrong it's just she was like being very antagonistic I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay my fix would be the movie if she if it wanted to like remain as is like let's say netflix is like we love all these shitty elements we want to keep it fine at the end of the movie she writes an essay called sierra Burgess is a loser it's her common app essay and she talks about all these horrible things she did her senior or her junior year and how she is sorry and how she wants to be different and how like this experience of taking advantage of like uh, Jamie and his little brother and everybody who she took advantage of has pushed her to be a better person and an intersectional feminist and a more thoughtful human being and a socialist somehow. I would want to see the essay. And then at the end of the movie, she goes and says she's super sorry. She packs her bags and goes to college and she leaves those people alone <laughs> <laughs> because they did nothing wrong.
0: Yes. Um, I would love that. That would be awesome. And also very in keeping with the John Hughes, like
1: attempt. Of yes, this movie, exactly. To
0: have like a voiceover Common App Essay. That'd be
1: great. Oh, my God. They they really were trying to channel him. They even did a freeze frame at the end, which, but like, just
0: didn't I it. was screaming at the yep. television.
1: Okay, my fix would be halfway through the movie, there's
0: a situation where, um, you know, Sierra asked Veronica to go on this date with Jamie, like go to the scene where, um, they're all buying movie tickets. She's buying popcorn. Sarah's buying some popcorn because she's fat. She loves popcorn. Um, and Jamie hears her voice and discovers there, he says like, wait, who am I? Which of you is who? Like what's going on? And She decides to come clean, and she says, like, this is me, and, like, Veronica's my friend, and, you know, she didn't want to date you because she thought you were a loser, and I'm a loser, and I just, like, I like you, and Jamie is, like, really taken aback by it, and then he's like, well, sorry, like, I don't like you. I don't think you're cute. I think Veronica's cute, and she's like oh and she's like really sad and then he's like yeah like you're fat and then Veronica punches him Ooh. and then they go see the movie together and then they end up dating.
1: Because by the way they have chemistry. There's so much. There's a they whole scene do. where they're
0: lying on a bed and she, Veronica like touches her
1: knee. Excuse me? <laughs> Sophie's like did you see Excuse this? Excuse me? <laughs> they actually had like fiery chemistry. Yeah. They like embrace it at the end remember when Veronica yes. just holds her in her arms. Hello? Veronica's
0: like mean to her friends for her. Veronica's personality changes yes. halfway through the movie. She's like all of a sudden doesn't give a shit about her friends because she likes hanging out with Sierra
1: and then through their love Sierra is able to like take a second look in the mirror and realize that she has some growing up to do
0: and also like when they go to that they go to like another party or whatever and that predator the college predator yes. is there trying to hit on veronica and they like do something to embarrass him that'd too. be great
1: something like, something like non-violent and not illegal in the state yes. of california <laughs> yeah but you know, embarrass him, him and then he him. feels humiliated please tweet at netflix your alternate endings <laughs> to this movie that had so much potential, to be honest. It could have been great. Yeah. And it was not. Anyway, those are our fixes for this trash film. us. (laughs) We tried to clean it for you. You're very welcome. Okay.
0: So that's the meat of it for this week. We've solved. Sierra Burgess is a local. You're You're welcome. welcome. Today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Undersummers, a company founded by Carrie Ray. Their soft and comfy shortlet slip shorts will quickly become your go-to thigh-protecting
1: panty for underskirts and dresses year-round. Here in LA, summer never ends, so we'll be wearing our undersummers under our cute summer dresses for a while longer. If you're starting to wear more thick pants for your curvy fall, you can wear undersummers as ultra-comfy panties to bed too. I do that all year long. I wear my undersummers on days when my HS is acting up
0: and I need underwear that isn't too clingy and is very breathable. I also wear my undersummers when I want a cute 80s workout vibe underneath an oversized tee. Lots of ways to live, laugh, love
1: in my undersummers slip shorts. Jesus. Okay. I wear my undersummers when it's too hot out and I refuse to leave my house. And I also wear them when I leave my house to go to the grocery store and then immediately return home. (laughs) You're so fucking rude. (laughs) Their super soft laces, fabrics, and trims are carefully chosen to make you love your thighs, and their products come in tons of fun colors in sizes small to 5X.
0: Use our new code just for She's All Fat listeners, code LOVE, for $10 off your purchase of our favorite comfy, silk, smooth, breathable, anti-thigh chafing slip shorts. That's code L-O-V-E for $10 off on undersummers.com.
1: And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at FYI at and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from who else? Hannah.
0: Hi, Sophie and April. This is Hannah. Uh, so my question is, how do you guys feel about tattoos, and how do you think they relate to body positivity? Um, I ask this because my sister, who's always struggled with body positivity, um, has recently gotten a tattoo on her arm, which has historically been one of her least favorite body parts, and it's really helped her um, celebrate her body and um, see something that she formerly disliked about herself um, as something beautiful. and. something that reminds her that she is, um, you know, powerful and strong and worthy. Um, And I'm inspired by her and I am going to do the same thing. Um, So I was wondering if either of you have tattoos or what you think about that. Um, Thank you guys both so much for what you do. Talk to you later.
1: Okay, so this question, thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. So I loved the show Girls, and there's a scene, I think in season one, when she's going out with Kylo Ren, and he asks her about, like, she has this big tattoo, and he asks her about this tattoo, and she said that she got it because... She gained a lot of weight and like while well, she was a preteen, like early teens, and felt out of control in her body. So then she kind of and by the way, she's not fat. We all know that. She knows that. We all know that. But she got it because she felt like this was something that she could control about her body, and it made her feel more like like less animosity towards her body because she decided what was on it this time instead of just kind of feeling like she didn't have any control over it. Yeah. So and I also do really like the tattoo, and I thought that was beautiful. And I kind of have the same outlook on tattoos. I'm very pro tattoo. I don't have any yet because I'm scared my mommy will be mad at me for the record. I'm scared of my mom. And also just a scaredy cat in general, but like very pro.
0: Yeah, I have like children's book tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I've like wanted to get this one for a long time. And then I I was planning to like research like female or non-binary tattoo artists and like go to one who I thought was really cool, but this one time um, my friend Sam was visiting, and he and Lindsay and I went bowling at this place on Hollywood where you can bowl and, like, drink at the same time. And we got drunk, and then I got the tattoo. Woo! <laughs> and Lindsay got a tattoo then, too. But um, it's the it's an illustration from the original edition of Wrinkle in Time, which was, like, my favorite childhood book, where these, like, extraterrestrial supernatural creatures are explaining this idea in the books of Tessering which is like the idea of traveling through space-time and like the way they explain it is they have like two hands holding a piece of string and there's an ant on it trying to get from one side to the other. And then that's how everyone thinks they have to get from point A to point B. But if you tesser, you can bring both hands together and then the ant can just step from one side to the other. And the reason I decided to get that is not just because I love the book, but because it's basically supposed to remind me when I get like really anxious about things and very like self punishing and perfectionistic that there's like more than one way to make things happen. And there's probably a way for something to happen that I'm not seeing, or like, I won't even be able to see until it happens. Or like, I'm just like, not, I'm not actually stuck on what I see is the only path from point A to point B. And like, I have more choices. That's why I chose to get that. And I just also thought it was pretty and looked cool.
1: It is a good tattoo. Thank you. love a tattoo with a story, but also love people who want to just get butterflies, wings on their ass to each their own.
0: (laughs) To each their own. (laughs) My um, sister and I are
1: going to get sibling tattoos, I think. And also, do not forget, we have a reward on our Patreon, where if (laughs) we make enough money on Patreon... We're getting SAF tattoos. Yeah. So that's if we I forget how much it is it's per sold, month. It's like lot. we're never gonna make that much on <laughs> Patreon. But like if we ever
0: did, you all would get to choose, choose
1: our tattoos. Comment down below what I should put on my body for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but no, I I think it's beautiful what your sister wants to do and I think everybody should Do put on your body what you want to put on your damn body. But
0: I kind of just feel like, yeah, everyone can do whatever they want to the appearance of their body. Exactly. And I think it's awesome whenever people find find things that, like, help make them feel more the owners of themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Because you don't have any control over your body. And if you could have something permanently with you that makes you feel more like centered and like relaxed in your existence and why not
0: i want to shout out again um gemma flack who is a non-binary tattoo artist who has like a lot of really cool like fat person designs and stuff but
1: yeah that's it if your sister listens to this podcast i would love to see the tat. yeah i love cool tats in the next 10 years i'm gonna have enough courage to get a tat. i can't wait okay thanks hannah thank you Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where Sophie has free reign to ask me about things she saw on Black Twitter and didn't understand.
0: We'll find the answers to our burning questions like, who is Vince Staples? Or why
1: are so many white women attracted to Jack Antonoff? So, April, I know you don't like these weeks. What are you talking about? I love these weeks. Oh. You don't like these weeks. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> it's the top of my
0: sentence. Okay. I meant, I know you don't like the weeks where you ask me questions mm-hmm. and you like these weeks better. I said it wrong. Okay. But I have a question that doesn't feel uncomfortable to ask. Okay. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm disappointed, but go on. <laughs>
0: my question is, who is Vince Stap- No, I'm just, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, my question is, can you tell us about like a cliff's notes of the
1: history of Liberia? Oh sure. Okay, everyone, strap in. This will be fun. This is going to be a real testament to like how much of this did my parents beat into my brain as an (laughs) early child. But so anyway, here's the Cliffs notes. So Liberia is a country in West Africa near like Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Ghana, Togo sort of. No the one boys. knows where those things are, if you, don't, if you don't know where Nigeria is, Nigerians think, are so loud. Y'all if, don't know where
0: they're from. I think if you showed most white Americans a picture of Africa, they'd be able to pick Egypt and South Africa. <laughs>
1: Okay, so it, it's Africa and it's west. Just go west. Yeah. You don't know. North. You y'all can figure this out. Yeah. So the country is made up of tribes. I think there's sixteen. And my mom's tribe, which I just consider my tribe because my mom raised me, is called the Pella tribe. We originally. Are your mom and dad from different tribes? They're from different tribes. Yeah. So technically, the rules are you should be considered your dad's tribe more than anything. But like, I didn't grow up around like him or his language really, so I don't really identify as his tribe yeah but um so my mom's tribe which is called the Pella tribe originates from like Mali and Egypt fast forward to like 1970s and 1980s where like the civil war started people say it started over rice so like here's where I'm gonna recommend there's a documentary called pray the devil back to hell and it's about the civil War in Liberia and about how um, who
0: was the war between
1: it's between I mean it's complicated but it's between like native people and Conga people but it's also between just like we had the whole child soldiers thing and it was like a civil war so it's just between like everybody everybody everything went bad <laughs> it was, it went, they weren't really bad um but there's a documentary called pray the devil back to hell about this and about how the war was ended by, like, a, a group of women. Like, a large group of women basically did like a resistance effort and they withheld sex from men for, like, five years. Wait, to like what is that,
0: what's that Greek play? Yeah,
1: I know. That's where they got it from. Where is it
0: called? Uh, oh, they did, like, Strata.
1: Yes, exactly. They, and it worked. That's awesome. <laughs> it worked. But, yeah, during that time, there was, like, a lot of devastation in Liberia. And that's kind of why right now we're in a situation where we're, like, still rebuilding from that. Because all of our resources were depleted at that time. It was something like 20% of the population died. Like, a huge chunk of people died. A lot of my family members died. And that went on. That was like my whole childhood and then ended in like the early thousands. And now we're rebuilding. We had the first African female president and she um, is done now and was replaced by a ex-football player who allegedly can't read. <laughs> great. <laughs> so we're not in a great spot right now. But yeah, that's kind of it. We're like trying to rebuild. A lot of Liberian American people like me are moving back to Liberia to try to like rebuild and like land is really cheap there. So like starting businesses and trying to like pour back into their communities and I see myself doing that in, like, 40 years. Like, I would love to, like, retire there because, again, America, not super cute. And I want to, like, be more connected to the place that I come from. But, yeah, that's basically it. So, like, founded by, quote, unquote, founded by freed slaves. And then there were people already living there. And then they fought. And then here we are.
0: What are special things about your mom's tribe that you know?
1: My tribe is known for known for being, like, passive aggressive. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's, like, the go-to. They're, like, all oh, Pella people, like, love to hold a grudge. And I, like, feel like that's really true. Um, and we're known for being the best cooks and having the biggest butts, which, again, <laughs> agree. Wow. <laughs> agree. Wow. And then Pella tribe is, is the biggest tribe. And most people in Liberia, most people speak English. And then most people are bilingual and also speak Pellet and their own native tongue. Um, Do you speak it? it? I, I know enough to understand what my grandma's talking about me and my mom, they're like talking about me. And I know all the swear words, obviously, but it's really hard to pronounce if English is your first language because it's like you use a different part of your mouth than you do to speak English. Like, once again, I failed linguistics, so I cannot explain this to you. <laughs> but, like, a lot of words in Pellas start with the letters GB, and, like, how would you pronounce that? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> like, I can't use it. It's, like, a lot of, like, throat sounds. Not glottal so, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. So my pronunciation is not great, but I understand, by the way, a lot more than my mom thinks I understand. So, like, at <laughs> Garmé, I know what you're talking mm. about. Um,
0: what makes you proud about being Liberian-American?
1: What makes me proud is just Liberian people have such a like unrelenting spirit. Like we've been through so much. Like I said we had a very recent civil war and we also had Ebola which was like really tragic and we definitely I lost family members in that as well. But Liberian people do not like give up. Like, everybody's still like, I think we can get out of this. I think we can get back to where they were before the Civil War, which is just, like, a thriving, innovative space where people were, like, excited about the future and creating stuff. And everybody's very positive that we can get back there and people don't, like, leave easily. Like, Liberian people leave Liberia to go and gather resources and go back. Like, people don't abandon it because they're really proud of it. And so I'm proud of that, too. Like, even when my parents came to the country, the plan was, like, come here, get educated, have our kids get educated, go home. So I always... I'm proud of that because that is really hard.
0: And what resources do you think, in addition to that documentary, like what can people um, look at to learn about Liberian history or like Liberian luminaries or like even, honestly, one thing that I have found very interesting is like the relationship between people who are from Africa more recently who are Mm. in America and then like people who are here as like, descendants of slaves basically one thing i listened to for that that was like helpful to me to learn a lot as a white person was um the stoop did a couple episodes about that which was like really interesting and helpful so yeah any resources you think
1: of yes i love that stoop episode so we'll link to that The documentary, again, is called Pray the Devil, Back to Hell. The woman who stars in it um, won a Nobel Peace Prize for it. She's an icon. Other video or other resources. So my favorite YouTuber is named Evelyn from the Internet. She's Kenyan-American, but she did this video series on like the relationship between Africans who are first generation and African-Americans and like talking to our parents about that sort of like conflict. And so I will link that in the show notes. I think that is really cool. Instagrams, there's an Instagram called Sleepless in Monrovia, and they just show like all the Beautiful stuff going on in Liberia because it's the thing that a lot of Africans complain about, which is like when people think about Africa, they think about like a child with no clothes, like standing next to a hut or whatever, which like that is the case in a lot of places. But also, there's lots of places in Liberia that are like more modern looking or just like more beautiful. We're right on the ocean, so there's like beautiful beaches. And this Instagram page just like challenges people's perceptions of Africa and shows a lot of cool, beautiful images. So I love that. And finally, I would recommend Anthony Bourdain in um, Parts Unknown did an episode about Liberia, oh, cool. which was amazing. When we found out about it, my mom was like, cancel all of our plans. We're ordering food. We're watching this. Like, We're mm-hmm. so excited. And of course he did it justice. He was an icon, like RIP. Um, so I would watch that video. I think it's on Netflix. If not, it's on Amazon Prime for sure, where he just like does a food tour, but also of course talks about like the war and the stuff I was talking about in this episode. It's really moving and beautiful and I loved it. Um, that's where I would start. What's a way that you like people to like honor or
0: See your African identity that's like not problematic do you know what I mean? How can people both like give a space for you to talk about your culture and like your family's culture and past and identity without like exoticizing it, I guess, is
1: maybe really what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. For me, I think that it's totally okay to acknowledge like the differences, like that it's not, you know, if you see what I, what I gave to so or what my mom gave to Soph is called a Lapa. And it's just like a big piece of like patterned fabric from Liberia. And so I don't think there's a problem with like, oh, what is that? That's different. That's beautiful. But I think it's just, that I think any person of color feels the same way where it's like the idea that whatever I have as a part of my culture is like alien or like other it's just um bizarre to me because I'm like yeah it's other like to you but like in Liberia where there's 11 million people everybody has a Lapa you know what I mean so I think it's just like trying to consciously not treat things that are unfamiliar to you as like weird or like alien a- alien they're just different and something you haven't been exposed to and something that's really important to a group of people
0: well thank you for telling me thank you for asking and that's our show be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today and don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi
1: at she's all please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week.
0: She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of
1: goodies and extra content our music was composed and produced by carolyn Pennypacker riggs our website was designed by jesse fish and our logo is by Britt scott this episode was mixed and edited by the iconic maria wortel special thanks to our fairy intern mother lynn barbara our facebook instagram and twitter handles are at choose all fat pod you can find the show on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google play and wherever else you get your pods bye, bye. <laughs> noises. No, yeah. I already used the count, so I'm out. Um. All right. <laughs> so this, I was looking out <laughs> the one night <laughs> in September. Oh. She's already doing oh. werewolves, we'll but so. Okay. 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 We're here. Um. Even when we're on a budget, we still
0: deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.